Welcome. You're listening to the Beaver Dam Baptist Church Sunday Sermon Podcast. If you would like more information about Beaver Dam Baptist Church or have questions about today's message, please visit us on the internet at www.bdbc.org. Amen. Well, contrary to recent popular opinion, I'm not a chef. Uh, If you noticed in the video this week at VBS, I portrayed a chef, but I'm not a chef or a cook really whatsoever. Um, But I do enjoy food and I really enjoy, Taylor and I, my wife Taylor, we used to, um, we used to watch a lot of the show MasterChef. Has anybody ever seen the show MasterChef before with Gordon Ramsay? Um, It's like a competition style cooking show. They gather together uh, a bunch of home cooks from around America, uh, maybe even internationally, to compete against one another to see who is the best chef, who is the master chef of the season. I don't know how many seasons they've had, but I feel like it's probably approaching 20 or more seasons of MasterChef. Um, but the, the baseline of, of this competition, of this show, is all of these home cooks come together, and there's Gordon Ramsay and some other chefs, um, famous chefs that I typically don't even, not even familiar with, um, but they give these home cooks challenges. So each episode consists of a couple different cooking challenges, right? And so they'll have like a mystery box or like a specific dish that they're trying to create. And then those home cooks compete against one another to see who can make the best dish, who can cook the best dish. Um, and, and there have been times in this show where, where people get disqualified or lose, you know, basically because they, they just don't cook a good enough dish. It's just not up to the standard of the judges, or it's not as good as their competitors. And so they're eliminated from the competition. There was even one time uh, Taylor and I were watching, and, and we, we witnessed someone uh, disqualified from the competition because she didn't get her plate on the table within the time limit, right? They're counting down 10, 9, 8, 7, all the way down to you have to have your plate on the table, and she didn't get it there. And so she was booted um, for, that episode, for that season. She was disqualified for the rest of the season. I never, though, saw someone get disqualified just for making the wrong dish altogether. Um, someone who is, you know, the, the competition is to, to make the best, the perfect steak, right? Gordon Ramsay, uh, I'm sure, prides himself in making the perfect steak. Also, if you've never had Gordon Ramsay's scrambled eggs, um, those are really good. But uh, the perfect steak, right? Imagine if they said the perfect steak is your, is your um, challenge for this week and someone walks up to, to the table and turns in a plate of spaghetti. That just doesn't happen. Because the people are where they are, these cooks are where they are, they got there by cooking well and also by following instructions, by knowing the challenge and, and fulfilling the, the requirements. It doesn't happen. And yet, I sometimes get a little worried. It, it, it sometimes can be a little discouraging when I look at the church, not, not Beaver Dam specifically, but the church as a whole, and, and we, maybe we, we forgot that the challenge was to cook a steak and we're starting to prepare our spaghetti dish. And by that, what I mean is we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47. We're going to be looking at uh, what God tells us in his word were the, the, the primary elements of the church when it was first born. What the church was at the beginning 
in what I believe, according to scripture, it still should be today, right? And so ultimately, my, my desire this morning in, in sharing some of what Vacation Bible School consisted of this week is also to help us not prepare the wrong dish. I don't, I, I, I don't want us to fall into the, the trap of making the church what we want it to be instead of pursuing what God has called the church to be. Right? And, and I realize I've barely even been here a month and really there's very little authority in, in, in what I speak other than I speak under and from the authority of God's word. And so I, I hope and pray that, that you will follow along with me again as we are in Acts chapter 2 um, verses 42 through 47. So, But I did want to just share with you that this, is, this passage that we're going to be going through this morning, Acts chapter 2 was part of VBS Bible teaching for day one. So on day one, really the kids learned and heard from Acts chapters one and two. They, they saw the ascension of Jesus, his resurrection and ascension. Um, they, they saw the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost and the, the tongues of fire um, as they rested on the apostles' head and then uh, the early church. And the song that was played during the video that we watched earlier was called Cheerful Giver. And it, that day really focused on the community and fellowship of the church and how they met one another's needs and, and supported each other in the fellowship. Uh, but we're going to look a, a little more in depth uh, at just that passage in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. Day 2, though, was Paul's encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. Um, Paul, when he was blinded by the light of Jesus Christ, Jesus told him, stop persecuting me, follow me instead, and proclaim the gospel that I have come to save men and women. Um, so day two was all about Paul, Paul's encounter with Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus. That was in Acts chapter 9. Um, and then day three was Peter uh, being rescued from prison. Um, Peter was in prison and God rescued him. He used the power of, of himself and the Holy Spirit to rescue Peter from prison in Acts chapter 12. And then on day four, um, you know, we, we looked at Paul and Silas proclaiming God's word. Um, that they were in prison, they were, uh, they were freed from prison, um, but they did not leave. They did not leave their jail cell, even though they had the, the freedom to walk out. Uh, but they stayed, and then they proclaimed the message of the gospel with the guard who was watching their, uh, their prison cell. Um, they shared the message of the gospel with him, and his life was transformed forever. And we looked at that on day four. That was the last day in Acts chapter 16. And so as I said all of that, we're going to be focused in on, uh, on Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. And, and here we see there were some very clear fundamental practices that the early church, um, the early Jesus followers held to and made a priority as the church was really being started, as it was being born um, and becoming what we know the church to be today. And so this morning I actually have six identifying factors, six identifying characteristics um, that set the church apart as God's plan to build his kingdom throughout the earth. And so I'm going to share with you those six, and then we'll go through our passage together and look at them individually. So, but those six uh, fundamental practices are that they were, the early church was devoted to the apostles' teaching and prayer, that they were filled with awe, that they were together in fellowship, they were generous for one another's needs, they were frequent in their gathering, and they were constantly praising the Lord. 
So um, as we look at this, I want to also make mention of the kind of cultural and historical um, background, the context, right? And so Luke is the author of the book of Acts, um, and Luke begins, um, begins the book of Acts by continuing from the gospel of Luke in, in writing um, in, in speaking to someone named Theophilus, which means lover of God. And he's writing to Theophilus, sharing with him, obviously, the gospel account of Jesus in the book of Luke, and now the continued work of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit in the Jesus followers, in the Jesus movement that we now call, to, call and refer to as the church. And so Luke is writing, writing this, but uh, as he wrote this, he had been a part of the church for at least a decade. So it's not like he just joined the church and it's not like he's writing this as it happens. It, this has been happening and so he's got, he's got a, a perspective of at least the past decade being a part of the church and, and seeing the church, the, the Jesus movement, God's people and God's plan for, for expanding his kingdom. He's seen this for at least 10 years, probably more. And he's reflecting back on all of this as he records it for Theophilus, which we don't know who exactly Theophilus is. Um, some even speculate that Theophilus, lover of God, could just be all people who love the Lord. Um, but then there are other folks who argue that they didn't know it was a specific person who would have sponsored and, and provided the, the scroll for this to have been written down. Um, so, but as we, as we know all of that information now, I would like to read together Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. You can follow along with me. It says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and their belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So this is a, a short and sweet passage, but it's, it's packed with, as I said before, it's packed with a lot of information, a lot of application, hopefully, for us in our lives and in this fellowship here. Um, and so we're going to walk through these six identifying elements of the church together, um, starting in verse 42. It says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. The first thing we have to point out is they is assumed here based on the context earlier in the passage, but they is the Jesus followers, those who are being baptized and following Jesus. Peter had just finished preaching his sermon at uh, Pentecost, right? The Holy Spirit came down. Peter received the Holy Spirit along with the other disciples, the apostles, and then he preached this massive sermon to everyone who was there at Pentecost, right? Pentecost takes place 50 days after the Passover feast, the Passover festival, and, and it's one of those where uh, people are encouraged to come back to Jerusalem, right? So they are all coming back to Jerusalem together. So there's hundreds of thousands of people packed into the city, and Peter has the chance to preach a message, having just been filled with the Holy Spirit for the very first time in Jesus' name. Peter preaches that message, and we're told in Scripture, uh, back, go back to verse 41 here in, in chapter 2, and it says, so those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. So those 3,000 souls, plus the ones who were still following Jesus by the time he had ascended, he had 
uh, died and, and rose and then ascended, the ones who were still following him, plus these new 3,000 followers, they were the ones who devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So to devote ourselves to something, what is devotion? Um, you know, Google is real good at, at just giving us a quick answer. And so to devote to ourselves to something is, is to give all or a large portion of our time and our resources to whatever it is we choose to devote ourselves to. So the early church devoted themselves, they gave all or most of their time and resources to understanding and sitting under the teaching of the apostles who were sharing the teaching of the Savior, of Jesus Christ, of the Messiah. And so uh, the, the early church, they devoted themselves to Jesus Christ. We see this in verse 42, but we also see it if you jump down and look at verse 44. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They were together. All of the believers, they believed and devoted themselves to what was being taught, to what Jesus had taught during his life and, and what the apostles were now telling them uh, who Jesus was and what he had taught. And so throughout, throughout this time in the early church, we see the the early church devoted themselves to Jesus and, and his teaching. Um, and then in ver verse 44, they believed and were together. And then also in verse 46, it says day by day, they attended the temple together. They were together attending the temple every single day. Imagine every single day coming to sit under the apostles. I mean, you have Peter and John and Andrew and, 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 and the disciples, the ones who were with Jesus, they were there teaching. And so they got, to, they got to sit under. They had the privilege of sitting under the teaching of those who were with Jesus for the entirety of his ministry. They devoted themselves. They spent all or the, the majority of their time understanding and, and trying to, to grow and learn more about what the apostles were, were teaching and saying about Jesus Christ. So... The very first point for this morning is, is that the early church was devoted to teaching and prayer. So as I mentioned earlier, um, on day three, we talked about Peter being rescued from his prison cell. Um, that was a, a lesson that the kids learned all about the power of prayer. And so uh, we, we talked a lot about prayer, and, and, and Scott mentioned earlier how thankful we are for those of you who maybe you weren't serving at VBS this week, but you were, uh, you know, you were at home or at work uh, or maybe traveling, and you were praying for us as we were, as we were uh, sharing the message of the gospel with so many children who were here throughout the week. And so we are uh, uh, incredibly grateful that you would choose to pray for us, and, and then, you know, I would remind you that the early church and the apostles, they devoted themselves not only to the teaching of Jesus Christ and to, to God's word, but then also to prayer and fellowship and breaking of bread. They were devoted to this new way of life, to this new uh, movement, the Jesus movement, as it were, that we now, again, that we call the church. They were devoted people. They were devoted to the teaching of the apostles and to prayer. But not only were they that, they were also filled with awe. And so I, I wonder, what does it mean to be filled with awe? Are you this morning filled with awe and wonder? 
Um, there's an author, um, Paul David Tripp, um, is one of my favorite authors. Maybe you're familiar with him, maybe not. But he has a book, uh, uh, like a 200-page book, that's all about being filled with awe um, in our knowledge and understanding and relationship that we have with the Lord, with the creator of all things, with the Lord of the heavens and the earth. Are you filled with awe as you worship him and praise him, as you pursue a daily relationship with the Lord? Are you filled with awe? Because we see in verse 43, in verse 43 it says, and awe came upon every soul. They were filled with just this reverence for the majesty and power that the Lord had. They were eyewitnesses to what God was doing throughout, throughout Jesus' ministry, but then also now after he had left the earth. They were eyewitnesses to the, the miracle ministry of the apostles, but then also eyewitnesses to the, the fellowship in the community that they had in the early church. They were filled with awe. I was actually um, pleasantly surprised because we did not coordinate um, the worship for this morning because the, uh, the worship team that led us that did a great job this morning, they've been preparing um, and for these songs that they, they sang for us and led us in this morning much longer than I have had my points together. And, and so, uh, but this morning they, they talked about having joy in our hearts, open up the heavens, we wanna see you, show us your glory we sang in that bridge. Uh, they saw and knew and were filled with awe because of the glory of the Lord. And so the early church, they knew God's glory. They saw it. They experienced it. But so have we. So have we experienced and seen the glory of the Lord. Even just in the gathering this morning, as we talk about and reflect on our salvation in Jesus Christ, we should be filled with awe because of the glory of Jesus Christ and his goodness to save us. May we be filled with awe um, as they were in verse 43 in the, in the early church. But then also in verse 44, it's, uh, you know, we just read again, they were together and they believed. Uh, they, were, they were together with one another because of the awe and, and the, experience, the shared experiences that they had had with one another. They, they were together with each other because they were, they were sharing in, in the fellowship and in the, the experience of seeing God's glory and being filled with the awe and wonder of how good the Lord was. We see some of that in verse 47 as well, that they were, they were praising God, they had favor with the people, but then the Lord was adding to their number every single day, right? Peter in his sermon at Pentecost added 3,000, uh, but then God in his power and his majesty, he was adding people to the early church day by day, it says in verse 47. They were filled with awe because of how powerful and good they knew the Lord to be. They saw him to be. And I pray that that would be true of us as well. So they were devoted to the teaching and prayers. They were filled with awe. And they were together in fellowship. Uh, and, and the word fellowship that I use here, together in fellowship, I, I thought about the word community because really they kind of both flow together. Fellowship or community. Uh, just, I mean, you can see from the text, and we'll look at it some more, these folks were united in a way that really is almost completely foreign to us today in our culture because 
our culture has become so individualistic, and I mean, I'm, I'm just as guilty of, of this and all of these things as anyone else. Um, you know, I enjoy my family time and just being at home and not having to worry about, you know, who's coming over or what do I have to go and do and, you know, these other things. But these people, the early church, they were together every day. They were together in every way. They had this sense of fellowship and community that was so much deeper than we've ever really known. And, you know, it could maybe even sound like a commune um, in our culture today. But, I mean, ultimately, these people were together. Look at verse 44. It says they were together. They had all things in common. They were selling their possessions in verse 45. They were selling their possessions in order to to support and, and provide for people who had need, which... We'll look at more here in just a moment. But they were gathering together. They were breaking bread together back in verse 42. They were spending time together, sharing meals, studying the the teaching of the apostles. They were worshiping together at the temple. They were together in fellowship, again, in a way that really is, is almost completely foreign to us today. But that fellowship and community is something that we must have as Christ followers. We cannot be individual Jesus followers. It just doesn't, it doesn't work. I mean, God put forth his standard for the church. The very, the very first group of believers, this is the way that, that he led them to be. He called them to be. And then he recorded it for eternity for us to, to strive to be like this as well. May we strive for this type of fellowship and community here at Beaver Dam Baptist Church. And in that too, so they were, they were devoted uh, to the teachings, they were filled with awe, they were together in fellowship and community, and then they were generous for needs. As I just m- mentioned a moment ago, they were generous for one another's needs. In verse 45, it says, they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing their proceeds to all as any had need. And I, I don't want to risk sounding like I'm trying to like Um, advocate for communism or anything like that. I mean, we talked about that it sounds like they're in a commune and now they're selling their stuff and and they have to give all, that's, this is not what, you know, that's, communism is not the way of the, that's not what I'm trying to say by any means. Um, But these people that cared for one another so deeply that if anyone had a need of any kind, because these are people from all different walks of life, all different nationalities, all coming together, unified under the blood of Jesus Christ in a way that didn't make any sense, and still really doesn't make sense today, apart from Jesus Christ. And and they were caring for each other. They were caring for one another in a way that is 100% for. Like, I have never sold one of my possessions so that I could give something to someone else, you know, give the proceeds to someone else because I knew they were late on one of their bills. I will will 100% confess that to all of you here. I've never done that before. I'm also not saying that Scripture says that we should absolutely do that, but they were... The, the, the core principle here is that they were generous, is that they, they cared for and loved each other so deeply that they were generous towards each other for the needs that they had, for those felt needs that one another had. And so may we be generous in the same way, not that you might go sell your home and use all the incredible proceeds that you get now from the inflation and everything else to, to support some other family, but that you would just be generous with what you do have, that you would, you would support and encourage and, and, and help out those in need with what, what ability you do have because we are called to be generous in verses 45 and 46. But then also in verse 46, we see that they were frequent 
in their gathering. They were devoted to the teaching, filled with awe together in fellowship, generous for each other's needs, and then frequent in gathering. And I already, I already mentioned this briefly, but they gathered every single day. Look at verse 46. It says, and day by day they attended the temple together, and they broke bread in their homes, and they received their food with glad and generous hearts. This early church, they were frequent in their gathering, and, and I hope, you know, maybe, maybe the Lord is using me to step on some toes, I don't know, but I, I don't, I mean, I know I'm in a different position than, than most of you in here, but I don't understand how we got to, from when I was a teenager, I'll just say this, when I was a teenager here at Beaver Dam, right, my family joined here in 2001, I was in the sixth grade, and, and when we joined, my family, um, all the way through until I left the home and, you know, started serving in a church myself, my family always attended church Sunday morning, Sunday nights if we had it, and then Wednesday nights and in, in, in actually other times throughout the week as well. We were frequent in our gathering. It was just kind of the mindset. I don't know, my mom just kind of raised me in a, in a way that we were, we were just at the church every time the doors opened. And we were considered regular attenders and participants here at Beaver Dam. Now, the culture has shifted just a little bit in that you can come twice a month and you're a regular attender. And I'm not sitting here saying your church attendance record is gonna get you into heaven, by no means. None of these things will get you into heaven, only Jesus will, right? But at the same time, our frequency in our gathering uh, is a, a testament to whether or not we are following and pursuing these core fundamental elements of the early church. They were together every day, and we struggle to make it here twice a month. And, and some of you guys do really well, right? A lot of y'all were just here every single day this week for Vacation Bible School, and I am super appreciative of your help and your service. But the, the early church should be our standard, should be our, our desire to be gathered together every day, which again, is just completely foreign. And, and I don't know what you would do if you were here every single day, but it's that desire to want to be with one another, right? The deep-rooted community and fellowship that they had led them to want to gather daily, to, to want to pray together and break bread together and, and, and worship and praise the Lord together daily. May we have a desire to be here more frequently, more than we already are. And then in verse 47, we see that the early church just went on praising the Lord. It says, they praised God and they had favor with all the people. They were praising God continuously. And it makes me think of um, Colossians chapter three, verses 16 and 17. Um, where it says that we ought to uh, sing to the Lord with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. It says that, uh, verse 16 says that we should be filled, that the word of the Lord should dwell in us richly. Um, it says that in everything we do, we should do it all, whether in word or in deed, in the name of Jesus Christ, um, giving thanks to God the Father through him. That they were praising God at all times. The early church was known for praising the Lord. This is Luke writing and describing the early church. This is Luke saying, for the past 10 plus years, I've been a part of this movement, and here is what I've seen. Here is what the church has, has been doing. Here are the core, basic, foundational level characteristics of what the church is, is that they were devoted to the teaching, they were filled with awe, they were together in fellowship, generous for each other's needs, they were frequent in their gathering, and they continued to praise the Lord. And so my, my question as I begin to, to wrap up 
going back to really the beginning uh, of my message and, and what I said at the very beginning is that are we making the right dish? Are we making a plate of spaghetti or are we cooking the steak that God has asked for? Maybe you like spaghetti more than steak, so just flip the illustration around, I don't know. But are we, are we pursuing the challenge from the right perspective? Now that we know and see, and maybe you've already been familiar with this, but are we, maybe this is just a good reminder and a good, good kind of like calibration for us to, to go back to what the church has always supposed to have been. Are we making the right dish? Are we pursuing what we want the church to be or are we pursuing the fundamental biblical elements that God has laid forth here in this passage? Because this is what God has called the church to be. This is what from the very beginning the church has been and he has told us um, from the beginning of the church's existence that it ought to be. Are we making the right dish? And then also, if, if Luke were to, to show up here and say, I'm gonna write uh, an, an Acts 2.0, and it's gonna be about Beaver Dam Baptist Church, so I'm gonna spend the next 10 years here, and then I'm gonna pick the top six things that I think describe your church. Would he pick these six? Would he pick the same six that God inspired him to choose as he wrote for all eternity in scripture? Would he pick the same six? Because remember, Luke had spent time in, he was a part of the church, and, and he was writing to Theophilus, who, who we assume was not a Christian, but wanted to learn more about the Jesus movement. And, and this is what he, according to God's inspiration, chose to, to send to him as the, the most important, the most significant elements of the church at the very beginning of its existence. And so as I ask these questions, I want to remind each and every one of us in here, myself included, we cannot be a church that fits these descriptions without pursuing these things individually. If I want the church to be devoted to the teaching of the apostles, I have to be devoted to the apostles' teachings. If I want the church to be filled with awe, I have to be filled with awe, right? And so uh, if I want the community to be deeper here, then I have to pursue that community and be more frequent in, in my gathering and praise the Lord and more generous towards others. I have to, I have to um, display these characteristics first if I want this body, this fellowship, to, to reflect these, these things as well. And so by God's goodness and sovereignty, I pray that that would be so of each of us individually, as well as our church collectively. And so uh, that obviously is a little more in depth uh, of what we taught for our, our kids this week at Vacation Bible School. But we did teach the, the children throughout this week that the early church, uh, as recorded in scripture, uh, is still our standard for today. That as we saw and read each story from the early church, we also saw and heard an example set for us to fulfill and to follow and pursue in our daily life. I don't want to end my message without saying at least one thing about the bulletin insert that you have, um, which is for the summer fun days that we're doing for the kids. Um, I would love for you to check that out if you have a kid or a grandkid that might uh, want to participate. I'm trying to do a bunch of fun stuff for the kids throughout this summer so that I can get to know you and your children or grandchildren um, because that's my goal for this summer is to get to know all of the families and the kids in the church, uh, hopefully pursuing that community and fellowship that we just read about in Acts chapter two. 
Um, but I'm going to pray. We're going to have a time to respond, and we will be dismissed. Let's pray together. Father God, we do thank you so much for your word. We thank you for the privilege it is to be able to sit under the authority of your scriptures. And I pray that as we reflect on what Acts chapter 2 says to us about what the church is supposed to be, that we would desire for our church to be reflective of these key core fundamental elements of the church um, and that we would desire to display those characteristics ourselves individually so that the church as a whole could reflect it as well. God, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace and your son, Jesus Christ, and it's in his name we pray. Amen.